0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be. Specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It's good to be with you today. We find ourselves in the ninth podcast of this semester, looking into the book called Lies Men Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free. And today we're actually in the second week of a two-week discussion of one of the chapters. The chapter is called Lies That Men Believe About Work and Wealth. And so I I just thought it was good to split this one up because it's a lot of good stuff that we apply to our lives. Last week we focused on the work part of the chapter. And today we're going to discuss the wealth part or the money part of the chapter a little bit. They're certainly connected, but we're spending some extra time on each one. And today I have a, another uh, great man, that, in my opinion, to, uh, to wor- work with us, to talk with us uh, this a little bit. Quentin Rogers is here on the Holy Man podcast. Quentin, it is good to have you with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Paul.
0: Uh, for now, for those of you who don't know who Quentin is, he's on our board here at the church. He's actually our treasure on the, for the church, and so that's a good thing to have him talking about money, I guess. But also, for me, the re- reason I'm asking Quentin is because I've seen a little bit of his faith journey and how his faith journey has been applied into his financial area. And second, because you have a great testimony, Quentin, of going from a place where you were not... Walking with God as much as you could have in your finances, but now that area is better. But then also because you've had you've had the opportunity to lead several of our classes here at New Life, both financial peace and the class called I Was Broke But Now I'm Not. So if you walked with a lot of different people on their journey with finances and how to bring honor and glory to God with that. And so uh, this is an area of our faith journey that that you have a passion about. Would you agree with that question? Yeah, yeah. No, Definitely. And as you think about that passion, uh, I'm sure. Would can you think of some specific people in your life that you're just blessed because you see them in a better place now than what they were before?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's been such a strong part of my wife and I's faith journey that uh, that we like giving back and seeing that seeing a change in other people and how they are relating finances to faith is is a big deal for us.
0: Well, would you tell the guys a little bit of your journey from being a little lost financially, we'll just call it that, uh, in a lot of debt maybe, and a journey to where you're now living a life of freedom and more in line with where Christ would want you to be?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I think my wife and I were pretty normal <laughs> as, far as, <laughs> okay. as far as the world goes. Um, yeah, went to college and, and had a little bit of college debt. And uh, started getting credit cards there. They handed them out for just about anything on campus. I can still
0: remember getting one in my mailbox. Yeah. 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 And
1: then, uh, you know, after school was over, uh, going down and using uh, debt to get appliances to fill the home with and buying a, a new car and a mortgage. And It accumulates quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um and so in all of that, you know, I've always been a hard worker. Both my wife and I have uh, always tried to outwork the problem and, and and that. But, yeah, just got to where we was underwater. So, um, and had to had to try to dig out. And when we started doing it ourselves, we still couldn't really dig out. It just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, even where you're trying to pay, pay one credit card with another credit card and, and think you're doing the right things, but then life happens and, You know, yeah, you have problems and just keep getting worse. So, (laughs) that
0: emergency fund that you didn't really have, which is your credit card, it just, it's the snowball effect, I guess you would say, of debt in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, on the other side of the hill, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah. And then so, we, my wife and I kind of started a a pretty serious faith journey and spiritual journey in and of itself. And kind of one of the things that motivated us was we were really trying to tithe and be a little bit more generous and just didn't have any money to do that with. And so we, we uh, started looking and, and found Dave Ramsey and started applying some of the biblical principles and uh, modified our behavior in our life to, to make all that stuff work. And, and so... Uh,
0: so you're, I just want to stand real quickly then, Quentin. So you're saying that you tried to do it on your own first, but then when your your faith... In Christ, and what you started learning from Christ, as far as generosity and just a life of faith in Him, that's what stirred you then to find a better way.
1: For sure, yep. And I'm an engineer by trade, so okay, numbers matter, right? And so um, it was a big deal for me to to move from from my head over to my heart on things, and, think, and so. not just
0: numbers, but methods, yep, or you know, a plans, to, a statistical plan to help you with that. So okay. Well, let's start we're talking about the lies again and so we're going to look at three one that the guys looked at with me last week as well but we're going to look two specifically dealing with money Uh, the first one it's it says making more money will make me happier making more money will make me happier so quentin from your own journey and through your walking with many families through the financial classes that you've taught what do you make of this lie? What is Satan trying to accomplish by feeding us this lie?
1: Yeah, that the the grass is greener on the other side. I think is the is the thought. But I think what I've really seen is that having more money makes you more of whatever you are. So if you what do you mean by that? Well, I think if you're miserable, it makes you more miserable. If you're, <laughs> okay. If you're uh, yeah, you know, egotistical or or self centered, it makes you more of that. You just keep keep wanting more. And so I think it makes you more of whatever you are. Um, and so if you have trying, trying to make decisions and knowing that if you really have financial peace, um, it just yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. When our in our book that we read, uh, if the author mentions about, about the little story about John D. Rockefeller, the billionaire, and his answer to a question that is part of this lie, and the question is, how much money is enough? And so Rockefeller, the billionaire, his reply was, just a little bit more. Now that answer, excuse me, it can be referring to a little bit more money, or it can be referring to a little bit more of the stuff that money can buy, or the stuff that can make us feel like we are getting ahead in life. You know, you think back to your story, Quentin, when you talked about how uh, you kept wanting to get this and that to make your home, your life a little bit better. And so we kept going down that bad snowball effect with the debt. And so we, we chase after this, these, this money or the stuff that money can buy or debt can buy, chasing after a little bit more. Well, Quentin, what are some of the consequences that you see happening to families who have this lie leading them in life?
1: Yeah, and, and some of it was for my own, but I see it in a lot of other people too, is whether you're not you're maybe you're, you're a workaholic, right? So you're trying to make the ends meet or you get yourself worth out of being at work and so you uh pour yourself into into your work, but then you're absent at home or you're not making the, the right decisions. Yeah. Um yeah. And I sometimes
0: I've even seen people with that workaholic mentality that are even willing to cut corners. Yep. Uh do things not the godly way the righteous way just because they're trying to get ahead
1: okay anything else yeah i I guess just on the other side of it is uh is i think the financial freedom part of it is where you are able to make decisions that you know you wouldn't have to cut the corners or you don't have to make decisions because you owe somebody debt or you're trying to get out of this you you can make decisions that what's best for you and your family so yeah and you,
0: you think that, is this just a present-day thing because of uh, credit cards and things? But no, not at all. We can go back. There's a lot of things in Scripture that speaks to this issue. I remember one story that uh, Jesus interacted with this one guy. It's in a couple different Gospels. But uh, in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17, uh, we find Jesus interacting with this guy called the rich young ruler. Uh, it says, As Jesus was starting on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So he's looking for something good. Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. So Jesus shares these this list of things that right out of the Uh, the Old Testament law of things that you got to do to be right with God. So the guy responds then, Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was young. (laughs) I love this next line. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, Jesus told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had many possessions. He was rich. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. You see, the rich man who wasn't finding fulfillment, even though he was rich, he didn't find find fulfillment in his money or stuff. He came asking Jesus, kind of like Rockefeller, just a little bit more. He was hoping that Jesus could give him more, which he wanted eternal life. But Jesus knew that there was something that the guy was so focused upon in his life that he couldn't put his faith in God. So Jesus tried to help him to see the way of true abundant life, which was putting his faith in God instead of his wealth and his stuff. Quentin, as you hear this story, uh, you know, how often do you see this story
1: still played out today? Yeah, for sure. I I think it's still in our society in general is this way materialistic and, or even putting your security or your faith in it. But one of the things I think is interesting in Northeast Wyoming is, uh, for whatever reason, uh, a lot of us, you see a lot of guys buying new trucks and boats and four wheelers and whether they're trying to use, uh, the outdoors or have prestige or whatever. Um, I think a lot of the times you, you see all that, but you don't really see the, the mountain of debt and some of the other stuff that's behind it. And, um,
0: yeah, and and sometimes, you know, people come to church here just like this rich young ruler and they're just looking for something because, you know, they they might have wealth, they might have a lot of stuff, but they're still they're realizing that there's no good abundant life in those things. So they're looking for something, they're coming and asking, "What do I need to do?" And basically, they need to like this rich young ruler to stop putting your trust and your faith in those things or the finances so that we can put our trust in God. And part of it is, you know, having good conversations with your spouse. Uh, One of the things that I do with uh, couples, whether it's in premarital counseling or if there's a couple that's struggling in their marriage and they come to me, in finances, I'll usually have a conversation with them to help them both see what does money mean to them or what is the foundational understanding of what money is used for. And there's four different categories that when I do this one exercise with them, that they could, the way they could look at money. One of them is status, thinking that, you know, they need high quality things and it reflects well on them if they have them. Another one is security, which means I need a big rainy day fund or lots of savings. Another one is some people look at money as it's used for enjoyment. I need fun and happiness and that's what it's all about. Another one is that I like to just have control in my life or to be able to influence others with my money. Now, each of them, depending on how these people were raised, Or maybe they learned it in a book or a class. But we all have a general meaning of money and what it means for us. One of these is not necessarily good and one's not necessarily bad. But any of them can cause us, because of how we look at money, if we allow Satan to misguide us, can really take us down a rough road and cause us to have problems. Because we're utilizing money as my foundation for my abundant life instead of where we really need to be looking at it. And that's in Christ Jesus. Ultimately, again, this lie, it has to do with what we put our faith in to find fulfillment or happiness or joy in life. If it's Jesus, then our money and our stuff will follow that faith. But if it's the money and stuff itself, then we're going to struggle. Here's the truth uh, that the author says. If Jesus is all we want We will be all, he will be all we really need. If a man were to trade everything he owns for Jesus, this would be a wise exchange. And I know, Quentin, I love your testimony that I've heard you share before. That's basically what switched for you and your wife is when you started saying, We're going to follow Jesus, we're going to put our faith in Jesus and let him lead us. That's when you started realizing that you already had more because of your faith in Jesus.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think to us, that's where the tithing thing came in, is that uh, once we was able to, uh, we went out on a limb when we actually didn't have the, the mathematical money to, to tithe. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next lie,
0: uh, we're going to talk about tithing in a second here, Quentin, where I want, I want you to go a little further with that. But first, I want to just touch base on the next lie is, I'm not responsible to be the provider for my wife and family. Now, Terry and Jay and I, we talked a little bit about this last week as far as from the work perspective. And yes, the work ethic plays out in providing financially for my family. But Quentin, I want you and I to look at this lie that Satan feeds us as, from a little different perspective. It's, you know, it's one thing to get a job, bring home a paycheck and put food on the table. That's great for a man to take that responsibility to help make the f- happen for, uh, you know, have finances for the family. But Quentin, in the area of finances, is there a bigger picture that needs to be considered in providing for a family? What is that bigger picture of finances that can help us provide for our family?
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it is around uh, the budgeting process. And when you start going through some of these financial freedom classes, that's that's kind of the, the, the ugly word or the behavior, <laughs> the behavior change that everybody needs to take on. But the really cool part of it, the bright side of that is uh, the relationship building that you can have um, with your spouse or with whoever. Is you, know, you get to talk about your dreams and what do you really want to get out? What does it look like five years down the road, one year down the road, ten years down the road? What do you really want to do? And then you start having those conversations and making a plan on how to get there. That it is great. And again, and if your faith is
0: what is, you know, helping to lead those goals that and then sure their budgeting comes out of that faith, that even takes it to a whole nother level of of great conversations. And I love when you can have great conversations. You know, my my wife, in this conversation, she says you figured out. I don't like money. She she just doesn't like dealing with money. But yet at the same time, I will sit her down and say, but we need to at least discuss it. We need to be on the same plan. We need to have a those goals out in front of us. And she 100% agrees. She just doesn't like the day-to-day dealing with the balancing of the checkbook and things like that. Um, well, quite another part of providing for our family, especially... Uh, and for my children is helping them to be prepared for when they become adults and have to run their own financial plan. Did anyone help you with this before coming an adult, Quentin? And are you doing any of this for your own children?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really have any great examples um, uh, growing up. And so I, I think we, I had to try to learn how to navigate that on my own. And it might have been part of the problem why we went down that path. But um, for, Mar- for our own kids, we have uh, three kids, 19 to 12, and we've tried to do different things uh, as they've been growing up, and I'm sure we haven't done them uh, perfectly by any means. But the biggest thing is we've been trying to teach them how to do different things with money, spend, save, and give, and trying to let them know what's appropriate. And so there's apps that we've used when they um, you know, get their commissions or whatever they do for the week. Um, to help them set up those percentages and, and different things. And then my oldest daughter, she's 19. We uh, actually helped put her through the FPU class or the financial peace class that I think has given her a little bit of a foundation and, and opened up her eyes on some things. So. It really has. Quit.
0: Let me just say, <clears throat> I've had some good conversations with that 19-year-old daughter of yours. <laughs> And uh, it was funny that I, I was just having conversations with her in general about her life that's in front of her. And I asked her about finances, knowing that you and Tammy had taught these classes. And it was so funny. She, she has her ducks in a row. She started talking Ramsey-ish to me. Uh, she knows about the, the snowball effect and the debt. So you've done a good job. I'm here to tell you that uh, I think you've done a great job with working with your kids, at least with Mariah, Uh, She's getting there. She's understanding. And so that's a good thing, you know, because it tells us in Proverbs 22, six, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. And then usually we talk about that as their faith journey. But truthfully, finances are part of our faith journey. It's just a, a major part. Jesus talks a lot about finances. So if that's the case, then us as parents teaching our kids about how to bring honor and glory to God, be good stewards of what he's provided to us. Quentin, I think you're doing a great job. And it, you know for you to be able to hand that down to your kids of learning about how do we honor God with our finances, that's awesome. Uh, well, the truth that, again, that the author shares in this one is it is our God-given job to serve our families as providers Through our example, we can show them that they have a heavenly father who can be trusted to meet their needs. And so in our finances, Quentin, if you and I as husbands and dads can show our family what it looks like to lead a faith-filled life with our finances, that's going to do great things for our family as they grow up. All right, the third lie uh, that we're going to consider comes from this understanding of generosity. It says, "I can't afford to give more money away." Quentin, did you ever have this mindset that it was just impossible from your point of view to be generous based on your present finances?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just like I was, we were saying earlier, um, uh, you know, when you when you add up the math, and and the math works one way or the process works one way. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
0: Yeah. That and you're right, and it can be so hard to 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 see. The black or the red that our finances are in and to think that that our generosity has to be the first thing that gets sacrificed. Because something in our budget, even if we're not doing a specific budget, as we look at the bottom line, if we don't have anything in our checkbook or if we're maxed out on our credit cards, we think, okay, what's the first thing that has to go? For so many of us, that's the first thing. I remember back when I was an engineer before I was a pastor that I was I was single at the time. I was actually making good money, but yet because I went down that road that you talked about, Quentin, that I was in debt and because I I just wanted to have everything that was really cool. I wanted a nice car, the nice truck. I wanted to have my house. Well, truthfully, I had loans on a house, on a really big stereo system, and a really good car when I first uh, got out there. And so I was in debt, and so I wasn't able to give financially to be generous, whether it was to my church or any other organizations, I couldn't do it because I was so tight with my finances. And then I started to learn. I started to grow in my faith, and that started to change my mindset on what was the better way. As I learned more about putting my faith in God, I started to try to figure out how could I make those changes to live life differently. Well, Quentin, one concept, we've heard you talk about tithing here a couple different times. Can, for the guys out there that maybe don't fully understand what that means, can you share a little bit of your understanding of tithing and what it looks like for you and your family?
1: Sure. Yeah, and, and, and a tithe just is 10% of your increase. So a, a 10%, 10% of your income. Increase. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so uh, I, I, I guess the biggest revelation I had with it was that, you know, God doesn't need my money. <laughs> it's it's That's all, for sure. It's all his money. And uh, being able to do that is more of a gift for me. Um, you know, it helps me grow in obedience and faith and generosity, so it helps flex those generosity muscles, which is, uh, you know, um, good for me in and of itself. So that's yeah,
0: and it it, the reason for me when I took started taking that step, um, it increased my faith because again, I was trusting God with all of my finances, the 100% of it, and I did that by saying, God, I'm gonna give that 10% back to you and trust you, God, that I can manage to live a good life with the 90%. And whatever, God, you do, whether I give it to the church or wherever that money ends up going and giving that 10% away, I'm going to trust you, God, that you know what to do with it. And then I'm also going to try to figure out, God, how do I live with this 90% and also bring honor and glory to you with the 90% that I have left. And, uh, and it, so it's a, it was a huge faith thing for me Quentin was it did
1: it stretch you a little bit in making that first step oh yeah totally that was that was the that was the main thing absolutely just like you said it it, it and once you start having that real practical sense of faith right in your mm. finances you don't have the security it's it's practical it's weekly it's monthly um, then that grows right so now you can put other things in into God's hands and not just your not just your day-to-day that's so huge
0: because, uh, again, that's faith. That we, we talk about faith and we throw that word around, but it is a practical thing. I love that word for you, and you're an engineer, so I know you love the practical, if we can do that. And so faith really is practical. It's not just a theological thing. It's just not out there in the air. I mean, this is something day-to-day, trusting God with our lives, and this is one practical way that God allows us to do that. And I think that's why God originally did that for his people back in the day. He he wanted to stretch their faith muscles and help them to learn, how do you trust in God? Well, I I know that tithing is a basic concept of faith. And for those of you who walk with Jesus, it's foundational to an even bigger, generous lifestyle. It's simply a stepping stone, truthfully, to living generously. So beyond tithing then, Quentin, what have you seen in your own life or in the lives of others of what what God-honoring generosity looks like. Is there anything in particular?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a quick story I was going to tell you. just uh, happened a couple of years ago to us. Um, my wife and I had been at a company Christmas party where we had won some money. They had this 50-50 thing where if you buy some tickets, they give half to a charity, and then you get to keep the other half of the money. Right. And so we, we came back from that and had had quite a bit of money. It was, I don't remember the total, but it was a little over $500. And so we went ahead and and took the kids out to dinner at a local restaurant here, and uh, the kids and a couple of their close friends had come along. And we told them at the beginning of the of the when we sat down, I said, "Well, you know, we have this money. We're going to end up um, giving it all to the restaurant here, either as a tip or as a as for the meal. So you guys decide what you want to eat." And and that and our server that came by, she was a uh, uh, she she was a younger gal. She was uh, you could tell she was quite a bit pregnant. It was right around Christmas time, um, right after the Christmas party, and uh, man, you could just see the kids' face and, <laughs> and how that all played out. Yeah, um, they all ended up cho- choosing a cheeseburger instead of a steak, and you know all that kind of stuff because okay. they knew
0: that they were going to give the tip to yep, the waitress. Yeah, to the server.
1: Yeah, and so at the end of the night, we was able to leave a, <clears throat> a really nice tip to this uh, young young lady who I think probably needed it. And it was definitely uh, definitely an ordained kind of thing that happened, I think.
0: That is so cool. You know, there's a a great passage of Scripture that I've always used for this area of my life. Uh, and it's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. It says, the generous or the person or the people who are generous will prosper. Now you think about that doesn't make sense because usually the people who are stingy, that keep their money, they're the ones that prosper. No, that's not what Proverbs says. It says the generous will prosper. And then those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I I think about that table that as you're sitting around there, Quentin, just seeing your kids' faces, they were refreshed in that moment. I mean, you can probably see this playing out in that moment for you and your family, that you just walked out of there with an extra spring in your step as a family, and you got to teach your kids. You're providing for them, going back to that previous uh, lie that you were providing for them what a life lived of generosity can look like for us that is so cool and and i love doing that as well and i have the opportunity you know sometimes what i'll do when i go into a restaurant is i'll ask the server you know we're getting ready to pray for our meal is there something that we can be praying for you and in asking that question sometimes they're willing to share yeah you can pray for me because i'm struggling i'm i'm in debt or they'll just share something and then you'll out of that, God can just bless you with the opportunity to, to pray for them, number one, but then also possibly be generous to them if that's something that can really help. Uh, generosity, no matter what it looks like, whether it's giving to the church to, you know, a lot of people were generous here to, at New Life over the last couple of years when giving to All In, above and beyond their tithe to the regular congregation, they gave above and beyond that to, to support the next generation. That was so cool to see that. Uh, giving just watching here just recently we did a a uh, grocery giveaway and there was a bunch of people who were generous and brought in lots of extra groceries to to give to uh, the local food bank it is so cool to see families when they have that opportunity to be generous to go above and beyond because the truth here is uh, we can never not afford to be generous to others this blesses them and us. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy to think about that, but it is so true that like you just shared around your story there, Quentin, when we are generous, when we are willing to give to others, it blesses us if we're giving it, especially out of that faith-filled life of Christ, because God so loved the world, he gave. So as we partner with Christ in our lives, if we give, it's the same way. Well, Quentin, any last thoughts or suggestions that you have for any one of those guys out there that are struggling with any of these areas of life?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, just generosity is an amazing gift to us. And uh, but in order to be generous, um, we got to get ourselves in order so that we we have those means to do that with other people, at least financially. And so I think if if you are if you are normal and you're in debt and yeah you're struggling with that, you know, uh, reach out and um,
0: yeah, yeah we. Quinn, we you we didn't get one going this semester, but uh, regularly uh, you teach a financial peace class or the other class. I was broke, but now I'm not. Class, and uh, so those there's going to be coming up. So if anybody out there is interested in those, let us know here at the church, and we can put you on the list of people who are interested, so that we can get your get you connected to the class next time it's coming up, because it's a class not to judge you, but instead to help you find financial freedom to get from where you are into a better place to bless God, and more importantly, to bless you in blessing God with your lives and trusting God with your finances. So I, I want to encourage you guys out there, or ladies if you're listening, uh, to, to take those steps because uh, uh, we want to help you get better. Any specific books, Quentin, that you've read or anything that helps you in this?
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of great stuff out there. Both Joe Sangle has some stuff, but uh, the one that really spoke to me was the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I think it's a bestseller. You can pick it up.
0: Absolutely, anywhere. And the last thing I'll say is uh, anybody who reads the Bible, you're going to find stuff in there that deals with the finances. That's an easy place to look. Just read the Gospels. You're going to see Jesus talk about money, stuff, finances over and over again because it's such a big part of our lives. So Jesus was willing to speak to it. Well, guys, it is always amazing how practical our God is. And this is one of the areas Satan is constantly gonna to try to get us messed up with our finances because he knows that when we do, it's not gonna just affect our finances, it's gonna affect our relationships, our marriages, our how to raise our children. So guys, I invite you, as you listen to this, uh, take steps, find those steps. We're, we're willing to walk with you on this. Because for all of us here, growing closer in our faith with God is going to help us to become more and more of a holy man. And that is a blessed place to be when it comes to our finances. So guys, I encourage you, keep growing, keep trusting in God, and take a step, one little step this week, of becoming more of a holy man in your finances. And you will be blessed. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.